want to talk about Jesus, our life. Hallelujah. Jesus, our what? Our life. First John chapter 1. And I'll be reading from verse 1. Are we there? So the Bible says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and be a witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write ye, write we unto you, that your joy may be full. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, our what? Our life. Hallelujah. You know, last week, this is what I said. I said that we're going to be putting much emphasis on the Great Commission in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. I said we're going to put what? Great emphasis on the Great Commission. My God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we can't talk about the Great Commission without talking about the life that is in Jesus Christ himself. We can't share the gospel without speaking about the life that is in Christ himself. The true life. The Bible calls it the true light that shines. So whenever we speak about the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's of paramount importance that we speak about the life that is in Christ Jesus. We have to make it very clear about the life that is in Christ and about the type of life that we are talking about. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The Bible has said that which was from the what? From the beginning. There is something that was in the beginning. There is something that even predates the beginning, that goes beyond the beginning itself. That which was from the what? From the beginning. Which we have heard. There is something that is from the beginning and we have heard it. My God, I hear this somebody. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And we have seen it with our eyes. This is the testimony of the Apostle John. He's saying that which was from the beginning. We have heard that which was from the beginning. And our eyes have also uh, seen this thing, which is from the beginning, which we have what looked upon, and our hands have handled, even our hands have handled that which was from the beginning. Father, I don't need to worry about 
Then he says, of the word of life. Mm. You know, when someone says, I've heard something, it's almost always words that have been heard. But then he says, we have seen it. How come this person has seen what is called the word of life? Can words be seen? What is the manner? What, what kind of word is this? We know that words can be heard. But then he's saying, our eyes have seen the word of life. Then he says, we have even handled. Oh my God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is this that can be heard and then seen and then handled? So the word of life that he's talking about is not only sound that he's talking about, but he's talking about a personality. It is the word, a personality. The word of life that he's talking about is a person. Ah, come on, somebody. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word. The same apostle who is writing. So you need to understand where he's coming from. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And here he's saying what? That which was from the word. From the beginning. So he's talking about the word of life. Or the word of God. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So John is speaking about the son of God. He is the one who was from the what? From the beginning. Then he goes on to say in verse 2. For the life was manifested. He spoke about the word of life. Look at this. And then he says, the life was manifested. And this life was manifested through the word. Because he's talking about the word of life. Then he says, the life was manifested through the word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. And we have seen it. How come you can see the word? The word is a personality. In Jesus' name, amen. And be a witness. So John did not only experience the word of life. He did not only see it. He did not only hear it, but then he says, and be a witness. He goes on a step further to be a witness of that which he has heard. To be a witness of that which is what he has seen. To be a witness of that which he has, he has what he has heard. In Jesus' name, amen. And show unto you. So as a witness, you are supposed to show. My God. Praise God in Jesus' name. Amen. Show up to you that eternal life. Now, it's no longer life, but now he's talking about eternal life. Because he said, for the life was manifested. But this life, what kind of life is it? What manner of life is it? Then he says, eternal life, which was with the Father. Oh my God, I hear this. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the beginning was the word. Look at this. And the word was with God. Then he, is, he says eternal life which was with the father.
father. So he is talking about one and the same thing. What then happened to this eternal life? And was manifested unto us. So the eternal life was with the father. But then it was manifested unto us. If it was manifested unto us, which means this thing was not there before. Are you hearing this, somebody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, if you look at the word manifested, the Greek word is phanero, amen. Phanero, to make manifest or visible or known that which has been hidden or unknown. So eternal life was hidden in the Father. The masses, the people on the earth, they were not aware about this eternal life. That is why the Bible says, for the Lord came by Moses, but what? Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. When Jesus came, he began to manifest things that were not known before. When he began to speak about the kingdom of God, even those that were gurus in the world, the Pharisees and the scribes, they were confused. What is he talking about? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So Nicodemus said to come, even in the night to ask, Master, can you please make this clear unto me? And then Jesus says, are you a teacher of Israel? And you do not know these things. So they didn't know about this life. Ah, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Because you know what? When it comes to the law, it was about obeying the law and you stay in the land. And you will live a good life. That was the law. If you want to avoid these cases, obey the law. And you shall be what? A chosen people, a peculiar people before the Lord. It didn't go a step further and reveal eternal life. It spoke about Canaan being the promised land. And it ended there. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. So there were a few people to whom God opened their eyes to see beyond people like Abraham. That's why the Bible says he was like a pilgrim. He was promised Canaan, but when he went into Canaan, when he began to live in Canaan, the Bible says he was like a, what, a pilgrim still. Because he saw something beyond. My God in Jesus, mighty name, amen. So this life was manifested. What are we talking when we talk about life? People were living on the earth. But then the Bible says, life was manifested when the word became flesh. So what kind of life were these people having before the true life, which the Bible calls the true light, was then manifested? What kind of life was it? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Just tell your neighbor, there are different kinds of life. That which you call life may not be life. That which you call life may not be true life. Because they judge life by what they see. They judge life by the possessions that people have. But then the Bible says true life was manifested. And that true life is eternal life. I only use away. 
that was with the Father. My God in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what is this eternal life? I just want to define it as the life of God in a human being. Are you hearing this? When we say you have eternal life, we are saying you have the life of God. Look at this. So you may have life, but you don't have the life of God. So when we say you now have eternal life, you have the life of God in you. When you receive Jesus Christ, you now have the life of God in you. Are you hearing this, somebody? In Jesus' name, amen. So when we are talking about the life of God, we are saying, what is the nature of God? Because most people, when we say eternal life, they simply say an endless life, a perpetual life. But eternal life is more than perpetual life or an endless life. Because you can have an endless life in hell. You can have an endless life in the lake of fire. So we can't talk of eternal life simply as an endless life. We are saying the nature of God, the nature of the life of God, that is what has been made part and parcel of you, who you are, and then we say you have what? You have eternal life. So the nature of God is what gives you a perpetual life. You don't just get a perpetual life, but the nature of God gives you that kind of life, the perpetual life. It's not only about the perpetual life. God is holy. God is pure. Look at this. So the moment you have eaten our life, we are also talking about the purity in your life. That has been imputed. My God, you could see that. We are talking about holiness. So we are talking about you being holy. We are not just talking about you living in the right way. No. No? God makes you holy. <laughs> I said God what? Makes you holy. So you begin to live a holy life as a result of God making you holy. You don't become holy by living a what? A righteous life, for example. God makes you holy first, then you live righteous. <laughs> Is it making sense? Is it making sense? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I'm saying God separates you first. For example, when God chose Aaron, did the Bible tell us that Aaron was perfect before the Lord? No, it doesn't, isn't it? The Bible simply said, um, uh, uh, God spoke to Moses and says, anoint Aaron for high priesthood. And the moment he was anointed, then the Bible says, he is holy unto me. The Lord said, Aaron is holy unto me. Aaron is separated unto me. That's how he became holy. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So the moment you are made holy by God, then a demand is placed upon your life to live a holy life. 
in Jesus mighty name amen hallelujah so this eternal life it carries that same quality as the life that is pulsating in God himself because when God gives you eternal life he takes a part of himself and gives it unto you and you carry the nature you know it's not about just being born again <laughs> you need to go deeper than that and understand what is to be born again. There's an actual change that happens in your life. And you become a new person. And then God gives you his spirit. So what do we expect? We expect you to begin to function like God functions. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Hallelujah. So if we have eaten our life, you are different from the man or the woman that is walking in the street. So different. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So because of this, eating our life can also be a present possession in your spirit. I want you to understand this one. It can be what? A present possession in your spirit. Most of us forget that. We say we want to uh, 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 achieve eternal life or we are going to get eternal life in heaven. You get this? But eternal life, the moment you receive Christ in your life, it becomes a present possession in your spirit. Because the life of God is now in you. The Bible is saying, Christ is the life that we are talking about. Is the life that was manifested. Then the Bible goes on to say, Christ in you. The hope of God. Christ in you. So if Christ is in you, we are saying that life that was manifested is in you. So you carry it in our life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. John chapter 1 verse 4. In him was life. My God, whenever I read this verse, just, something just happens to me, you know. It's, 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 it's just amazing. In him was what? Was life. Can you think of any person to whom we can attribute such a statement to say, in him was life. Who is that person? The Bible just speaks about Christ. In him was what? Was life. We all know that people had life. When Jesus came, there were a lot of people living on the earth. There were people that lived even before Christ came on the earth. But then this man comes on the scene and then the Bible says in him was life. So who didn't have life? For us to say in him was life. You see a difference. In Jesus mighty name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So as a Christian, you go beyond. When asked by someone, you know, why do you go to church? You go beyond. You must go beyond. Don't just say, you know, even the sinner, but I don't enjoy the 
Be like your father, who causes to rain, and causes to rain even on the sinai suba. Wam not muro inchai, burani dasi, inige chinai. Marato mega shuo, utato na chikaf. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Hallelujah. What manner of life, this special life, eternal life, that was in what? In Christ Jesus. One thing that I want to make sure that you also understand. Why am I saying this? I'm speaking to you as someone who also speaks this gospel to someone else. Are you hearing this? I said, the way I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to you as someone who will also speak this gospel to someone else. So there are certain things that you need to understand about the life that is in Christ. When you share the good news, what is it all about? What life are you offering to the person that is so different to the life that is living? When this person is range robbers, and many houses. What manner of life are you offering this person that this person does not have? For the life was manifested in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You cannot get to the Father in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We have people that are in other religions. They need to be told there is only one way to the Father. What I'm saying may seem so simple. You know, some of the things I say when I stand here, I speak from experience. Someone may say, why is he talking about Muslims, for example? You will be shocked how many people who say they are Christians seem to believe that even Muslims will go to heaven. Or people who practice African traditional religion or Buddhism. And you know why? This truth that Jesus said, I am the way, the only way to the Father, this truth is not in them. What they say is Jesus is one of the ways to the Father. That's what they, they believe. So they try to appeal to God's conscience to say, how can God let people perish when they are even calling on him, even in the wrong way? So they try to appeal to God's conscience to say, no, God cannot be that evil. But that is why God said, this gospel must be preached to the ends of death as a witness. So everyone who kept this witness about Jesus being the only way to the Father. My question then is when someone rejects the gospel, does he reject it because the truth is not registered in that particular person? Or he has decided, you know, the truth is registered, but he has decided not to accept it. Look at this. I believe God is just. When we preach this gospel, people will acknowledge that this is the truth.
but they do not want to accept the truth. That is, that is the truth. Are you hearing this? They acknowledge. When we preach Christ, when we preach about his life, about his death, about his resurrection, and how people, when they accept him, they are forgiven their sins. They will listen, they will hear the word, but then decide not to accept. Otherwise, what is the basis for the judgment? In Jesus' name, amen. The basis for the judgment, Jesus spoke about it in John chapter 3. For the men who hear this word, they love darkness more than the light. So when they hear the word, what do they do? They refuse to accept it because they loved the darkness more than the light. That is it. When you preach the gospel to people, what do they say? Ah, no, she won't be right. She won't be right. Ah, she never be right. But what is happening? He's comparing the life that is in Christ and this enjoyment in God that he's having in the world. So he chooses that kind of enjoyment that is in the world instead of accepting Christ. He loves the pleasures of sin. My God, my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Mandebo satakabaye. Liate kolias mahanda. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy in Jesus' name, amen. Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You have no life. You have no life. Compare that. I'm speaking to a person who is breathing and who is eating, who is walking. But I'm saying, you have no life. Jesus was speaking to people here. He says, if you don't do this, you have no life. But the people were eating and drinking and walking and speaking and breathing. What manner of life is this? So Jesus was speaking in a figurative sense. Hallelujah. He's saying, if this blood does not cleanse you, so that you become a new creature, surely you have no life in you. Look at this. Being born again, it's a new life. Is that correct? I'm born again. I become a new creature. It's a new life. <laughs> the old life is what passed away. Behold. Everything has become new. So surely, when you are born again, you come into a new life. The life which was manifested. The good thing is that when Jesus came into the world, he came with that life. You see? So whenever he walked, that life was manifested. What you say, for example, the miracles, the, the mighty deeds that he did, it's a product of the life that he carried, the life that he had. Last time I was saying, if you truly have been born again and you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have that life in you. And that life can perform miracles, you can do great things. Never be afraid to pray for someone, never be afraid. Because you carry life that can potentially save someone's life. I said you carry life that can potentially save someone's life. 
thought about this. Someone is suffering, right? And you have the tablets that can make that person to be well. But then you pass by the person carrying the tablets and you know you have them in your pocket. How's that? Even the world can call you evil. Isn't it? How can this doctor leave this person to die? Many people were raving that time when doctors were on strike and nurses were on strike and they were saying, how can they? There's a certain oath that they sub subscribe to, isn't it? That even though there is no money or what, you still save someone's life. But then the doctor or the nurse says, I'm not going to work. What do you say? I remember people, they made noise about it. Yes, we understand that there is no money, but can the money be more important than someone's life? Surely you will come on your deathbed right there in the clinic and they will just look at you saying we haven't received our salary. How's that? Are they evil or they are just fine? It's a good one, isn't it? I will leave you to judge. So, we carry the tablets of eternal life wherever we go. And the people that we pass that have not believed on Christ Jesus, these people are on their deathbed while they are walking. And you have them in your pocket. So it's a matter of choosing to bring them out and give them. You know, your job is not to make them want to take them. That's not it. Your job is to offer them. You get this? Your job is what? Offering them the pills of eternal life. It's up to them to stretch their head and receive them. Some of them will condemn you, saying you want to kill me. But you are actually giving them life, but then they will accuse you of wanting to give them. Or of destroying them. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. But I wouldn't go around. Amen. So I said eternal life is a present possession. First John chapter 5, verse 11. I love this one. I love this one. And this is the record, my God. This is the word. This is the record. This has been put on record. This is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Yes, God refused to give us eternal life. No. This is on record. God has already given us eternal life. This super life. This God kind of life. This life that is on another level. And this life is in his son. So to access this life, you need to what? To get hold of the Son. You need to receive the Son. And then it becomes a present possession. Mustara Jesu Iman. Hallelujah. First John chapter 5, verse 13 again. You know, it's the same chapter. But two verses later, this is what John says again. These things 
If I written unto you that believe on the Son of God. Now he's talking about those who believe on the Son of God. That you may know that we have eternal life. I want you to know this. If you believe in the Son of God, then we have what? Eternal life. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. So eternal life ceases to be something that you want to uh, just get hold of in the future. But eternal life is a present possession which will be consummated. Not Which will be what? Consummated. You need to understand salvation in that sense as well. I am saved. But my salvation is to be consummated. It has to be fulfilled, consummated. But I'm about to show you how to massage part. Mustara Jesu, Amen. But I'm going to add this. Otherwise, if you don't understand that, then how do you preach what Paul said about running your race? Come on. About keeping the faith. How would you preach that? Why would there be any need to do it? Why would there be any need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling? Why? Because your salvation has to be consummated. With the full duties, but what's the provision? Amen. What to get a bumba? No, no, the one who I now have a job. Even back in the profession. Look at this. But you have to consummate it by making sure that you give your diligence to your profession. Otherwise, after three months, you might be told, we have seen that you are unqualified for this. But you are my full rights. Look at that. So God has given us eternal life. Paul says it's like a deposit of the fullness that shall come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's so important to preach the true gospel. As I told you, never fall for this. When someone says, I go to church, never fall for that. Am I correct? Never fall for it. Do what is called, uh, uh, I like what Zeki did last time, they, they, they called it meticulous verification. They are the ones who taught us that way. Meticulous what? Verification. You need to do meticulous verification by going a step further and discussing the word with the person. Do you know that when you just discuss the word, you understand what it means to be such a word. 
You understand the moon is Jeshuaka Kamchila Jesu and God you pick it as you speak. Those who carry the true life of Christ, when they speak, you hear them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you hear them when they speak. You can tell this is the true life of Christ. Even those that are in the ministry, they speak, but you can pick it. This person, this is not the true life of Christ. This one is using familiar spirits. What I'm saying to you, you know, you have to be very careful. <laughs> uh, at one time, uh, this past week, God gave me a dream. There was a man of God uh, who was like he was ministering to someone. And this person was operating in the prophetic, right? And then the person began to tell this person things about their life. One, two, three, four, right? But on the fifth, he missed it. Are you hearing this? I said, he what? He missed it. Now, my question is, is it the Spirit of God or not? Is it? So, one lesson that you need to learn from there. Number one, people can prophesy by guesswork. <laughs> Am I lying? By guesswork. They will make sure the things that they speak, they are almost, uh, almost always correct about you. You get what I'm saying? Number two, we have people that prophesy with familiar spirits. And these people, one thing I will tell you about this, they are very accurate concerning detail. Very accurate. That's why This is not so strange. I hear what I'm saying. So you have to be very careful even with the people that you associate with. Don't associate with a person simply because this person seems to operate in a certain gift. Is it making sense? Don't be drawn to the gift only. Be drawn to the fruit. Because Jesus did not say you shall know them by their gift. He says you shall know them by their fruit. That's what he said. So you can operate in a gift, but the fruit is denying the life of Christ. It denies the life of Christ. Never be drawn to the outward outlook. <coughs> can I repeat that? Outward outlook. You can be drawn to me because I have money. Are you hearing this? 
Because I have money. Or to don't take us an acasteric. And I did not drive a Bentley. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is this is the reality what I'm talking about. I hear someone or some people say, I would never go to the church of a pastor who does not have a car. So what are you drawn to? Are you drawn to the word or are you drawn to the car? Are you drawn to the suits? What are you drawn to? Because we have people who are merchandising the gospel. To merchandise the gospel is to be paid for preaching the gospel. And you actively look for remuneration for preaching the gospel. It's merchandising. I don't know how you want, or you may want to find a way to sugarcoat it. It's merchandising the gospel. Because the Bible says you have received freely, give also what? Free. So as pastors, or those sent to preach the gospel, yes, we do have rights in the gospel. But I like what Paul says. He says, I will not abuse my power in the gospel. So when you abuse your power, the power that God gave you for edification, then you abuse it. You become a merchandiser. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, are you hearing this? Even so, we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tries our hearts. So God tries our hearts. He tries our hearts. So we also have to look at that to say, when we speak, do we try to please men? Or do we speak the truth in verity? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Can I read a verse to you? Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Let's go to Luke chapter 12, verse 15. I'm about to finish. chapter 12, verse 15. Are you there? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of what? Of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. He says, Beware of what? Covetousness. Beware of covetousness. Sometimes the words that we share, they actually fuel covetousness in God's people. The Bible is saying beware of covetousness, but you fuel covetousness. The Bible says go in that direction, but you fuel yourself going to the other direction. You, 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 you fill up your tank to go in the opposite direction. In Jesus' name, amen. So many times we lose consciousness of who we are and what we have and what we carry because of temporary life challenges. Do you hear this? Your life does not consist 
in the abundance of things that you possess. It does not. So, this life of Christ, what does it consist of? Good question. Because he spoke about your life. He says it does not consist of the abundance of things. So this life of Christ that we have received, what does it consist of? Maybe you need to write that one down. And go and meditate on it. The life that I have received, the life of Christ. What does it consist of? What does it consist of? Surely it does not consist of the abundance of things that I have or that are in my possession. What is it? What does it consist of? In Jesus' name, amen. I like what Jesus said about John the Baptist. I like that. Matthew chapter 11, verse 8. He says, but what went you out to see? You remember, John was preaching in the wilderness, isn't he? And then these people went to the wilderness. Right? You know, many times we can be concerned about uh, the buildings that we preach in as well. How nice they are. John did not go to the temple. He did not go to Herod's temple. He went to the wilderness. So I want you to be concerned about the word more than even the place where you are. Know what this life consists of. In Jesus' name, Amen. Did I say that is not important of having a place or a nice building? I didn't say that, Amen. But you need to understand what's more important. What went you out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. Those that wear soft clothing are what? Are in king's houses. So, did Jesus wear this soft clothing when he was speaking right there? Was he wearing it? Otherwise, he wouldn't have said that. He says, go to king's houses. That is where you see people with soft raiment. <laughs> <laughs> but yet we want to measure our prosperity in God by the things that we have my God Jesus spoke about true riches what did he say when he spoke about true riches he says if you really want to be rich what do you do look at this that's why I'm telling you if you are not careful you, you will go to the wrong direction thinking that you are in the right direction It seems as if Jesus thoughts the way he thinks, they go the opposite way than how we naturally think. You say, ah, this is my Eden. Jesus says, love your Eden. How come? You say, oh, I'm going to make it. In the next five years, I will be a big man. Jesus says, humble yourself. Life does not consist. He says, you know, we can make, I, I, I've seen this, how you can be a billionaire in the church. That's a sermon. How you can be a billionaire. 
right? <laughs> the Apostle Paul comes and says, brethren, <laughs> men of you do, do not really desire to be rich because these people who are rich, they fall into diverse temptations. Look at that. What kind of an apostle is this one? <laughs> Hallelujah. You need to understand the voice of Christ and not be drawn by covetousness. Covetousness can also be planted. You begin to covet as well. As Christians, we shouldn't be like, you know, when you see someone with a Lamborghini, you be saying, wow, wow, shake, wow. No, we don't think like that. What manner of life are we talking about? This life that was manifested, that was with God, but then was manifested and what? And then we became a witness of that life, which we have seen and heard and heard of. What is this life? That would cause Peter to say, I forsake all. And Paul to say, I forsake all. This life that I had, this is done. My God, in Jesus' mighty name, what manner of life is it? Can you stand up on your feet? I finished speaking. We just want to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're worried before about your life, the Bible says, why do you take thought for raiment? In this case, Jesus was speaking about clothes. Amen. He says, why do you worry much about it? Consider the lilies of the field. They grow, how they grow. They toil not, they do not wake. Neither do they spin. But your Father in heaven clothes them. In Jesus' name, amen. These lilies, they don't work, but yet God takes care of them. We need to understand this life. What manner of life is this? That does not even allow me to be worried. Even though I don't have what I want, but this life does not permit me to be worried. This life tells me to be joyful always and be thankful always. Marry this, marry that. Don't you see this? Don't you see that? But then the Bible says, be always thankful. Even in that which you have, even in the little that you have, always putting your trust in Him. For He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do we trust God that much? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We have a better life than the natural.